Lord, as I was letting that music wash over me, um, I was thinking about how you, one of the ways you're kind to me is that you, um, you speak my language, you speak uh, music to me, <laughs> you speak humor to me, because you know that those are my love languages. I love music and I love humor, and uh, I, I just pray that today you would speak um, the language um, that each person here needs to hear, um, uh, that your kindness to them personally, so that they, when they walk out of here, they feel like, hmm, the Lord, the Lord did something that was just for me. He knows me so well. So we just look up with expectation. Amen. So um, <clears throat> I just mentioned that humor is one of my love languages because it is. If you know me at all, you know, like that's, humor is a love language of mine. It's not on the normal list, but it's, it's, it's a thing. Um, when I first preached here, maybe six years ago or seven years out ago, I don't know, I was asked to preach here quite a while ago, and the first thing I preached on was I preached from my life verse, which is in John 15, 9, and it, it's um, about love. And, um, and then a few years later, I was asked to speak again, and it was a time when I realized um, that I had been going through a stage of pouting with God, um, that I, was, I wasn't really depressed, but I was pouting because I wasn't getting my way about something I wanted. And um, so I was, you know, hmm. So I felt like God was, you know, saying, maybe you should preach about joy, you know, about what joy really is because you're not living that. And then a year later, um, a year later, I had all these things going on and, and too much, too much going on. I was, my, my mind was just anxious and full of a lot of thoughts and I thought, man, I am totally a bad, I'm a bad billboard for the peace of Christ. You know, so I thought I really should preach about peace. And um, then last summer, I was asked to preach again, and, um, and I realized that I was just so resentful about waiting for certain things. Um, I was like, man, I am so sick of waiting for this. And I was telling my parents, my family about it on vacation, and my mom said, well, it's because you don't have patience. And I was like, thanks, mom. You know, thanks for that. Um, but here's the funny thing. It wasn't until this point that I got the joke from the Lord. I had not noticed or planned this, but I was speaking consecutively on love and then on joy and then on peace and then last year on patience. And I was like, ha ha, I totally get what you're doing here. <laughs> this is the, do you recognize it? It's the list. It's the list of the fruit of the spirits in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience. So. I just thought, all right, I'm gonna fall in line. I'm not even gonna wait for him to, to show me anything. I'm just gonna jump on board with kindness, okay? That's, you're being funny with me. And, and it was, it, it did take me four years to f see that, um, which I think is funny in itself. Um, so today, and this year, is the year of kindness for me. Uh, kindness has a simplicity to it, but it also has great power. In fact, um, it reminds me of this classic movie that you really have not completed your education if you haven't seen this. Um, it's a great movie called Pay It Forward. Check it out. Um, this is to remind you of what it was about.
is your assignment. Extra credit, it goes on all year long. Now, wait a minute. What? What? What's wrong with this? What's the matter? Yes? It's, it's like so... So what? There must be a word to finish that sentence. Someone help her? Weird. Crazy. Weird. Crazy. Hard. Bummer. Bummer. Hard. How about possible? It's possible. The realm of possibility exists where? In each of you. So you can do it. That's me. That's me. And that's three people. And I'm going to help them. But it has to be something really big. Something they can't do by themselves. So I'd do it for them. Then they do it for three other people. That's nine. And I do three more. That's 27, so I, I'm not really good at math, but it gets big really fast, you know? Alright, 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 alright. A little articulation, please. Yes. I think it's a good idea. Sean? It's stupid. Adam? It's the honor system. People blow off the honor system. So what? Just because you do. Well, Trevor, the class seems to think that you've come up with an overly utopian idea. Look that word up in a minute. Like a perfect world? Mm-hmm. So? It's a great movie. You know, kindness, as you'll see in that movie, it has power to change the world. You know, uh, I remember a few years ago, there, were, there was a rash of bumper stickers that uh, said, practice random acts of kindness. Remember that? Mugs and bumper stickers and everywhere you looked, it became cliche. But really, the idea behind it was a good one. The idea to help us get our, outside of ourselves, help us to think of others, not just me, all the time. And kindness doesn't have to be, it doesn't even have to be big, like, like the kid said. It could be small. It could be, um, and it doesn't have to be random. It could be intentional. Why not both? Big and small and random and intentional. Um, they all can have an impact. So I woke up this morning thinking that this talk I'm about to give is like sh uh, showing you my first car. Uh, I didn't know I was gonna get a car, but when I graduated from high school, um, you know, getting a car is like life-changing, you know, and my parents gave me a lightning bug green, well-used 70-something Ford Mustang for my high school graduation, and it didn't look this cool, <laughs> um, and it didn't look quite that muted. It was more electric, you know, like you, knew, you didn't have any problem finding it in a parking lot, um, but I was, ex I was so excited. So with this talk, let's pretend, let's liken this to, let's pretend that I'm inviting you over some evening to show you my car. 
And first, I give you the facts and the info and the history, just to understand the car, just to get a full understanding of what the car is like. But then I invite you to step in, sit in the front seat of the car, and I roll back the soft top and and just take a look up at the stars, just to kind of inspire you. And then I say, well, buckle up, let's take it out on the road. That's really what this talk is like. But you have to live through the history and the facts and the info before you get to the very exciting acceleration at the end. So hang with me.、Um, another thought I told you, God is funny with me. Another thought I had this morning、uh, that I do blame on lack of sleep, maybe not God, is that I kept having this song as I was going over this talk. This song by the Talking Heads go through my head、uh, called "Once in a Lifetime." I'm sure you probably know it, but I'm asking. I'm starting out by asking questions about the car. And I'm going. You may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile, and you may ask yourself, "How did I get here?"、Um, and it goes on. You may ask yourself, <laughs> same as it ever was.、Um, do you remember that? It's a good. It's a good Talking Heads song. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Laurie. <laughs>、um, anyway,、um, this is a quirky thing. Some of you can laugh with me, but we're going to ask a few questions about kindness. And the first question you may ask yourself. Is what is the difference between love and kindness?、Um, there is a difference, actually.、Uh, in First Corinthians 13, we're told that love is kind. So kindness is a characteristic of love. But when I explored different definitions, I see that kindness has some of its own specific nuances. <clears throat> and、um, I read a couple articles. Charles Pope、uh, talked about the difference with kindness. He says kindness. Uh, generally seeks to alleviate suffering and negativity, but love understands that suffering often has a salvific role. My parents disciplined me out of love. Had they merely been kind to me, I would have been spoiled, undisciplined, and ill-equipped for life. So kindness is great, but love、uh, sometimes is tougher.、Um, Peter Kreeft.、Uh, Defines kindness as sympathy with a desire to relieve another's suffering. He also commented, made an interesting distinction between love and kindness. He writes, "It's painfully obvious that God is not mere kindness, for He does not remove all suffering, though He has the power to do so. Indeed, this very fact that God, who is omnipotent and can at any instant miraculously erase all the suffering from the world, deliberately chooses not to." It's the commonest argument that unbelievers use against him. The number one argument for atheism stems from the confusion between love and kindness, because love lets suffering happen if it's for our good. According to Aristotle, kindness is an emotion manifesting itself by the desire to help someone in need, without expecting anything in return. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, Peter alluded to、um, the word chesed. Chesed,、um, which is a rich word, it sometimes translated love or loving kindness. It can also be translated goodness or showing mercy. It's got all kinds of facets to it, and it's also fun to say. Try it out. Chesed. Yeah, yeah. To get that Hebrew going, it's it's good.、Um, <clears throat> watch for the person in front of you who you might spit on.、Um, so so. 
This idea of kindness is throughout the Old Testament. Interestingly, though, in the New Testament, there's a distinct word for kindness. We know some of our typical Greek words for, you know, phileo or agape. We know some of those words for love. But Christotes is the Greek word for kindness. It's separate from those. So there, are, there is some overlap between love and kindness, but there's some distinction as well. Jolene brought up another question. She may ask herself, uh, <laughs> How does this work? You may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? Um, <laughs> this is funny in my mind because <laughs> I hear the talking heads singing this. And so, you know, humor me. But the real question that, that Jolene brought up is, what's the difference between niceness and kindness? Um, there's a difference there too. Uh, when I looked up the definition of being nice, it's simply being pleasant or agreeable. Being nice can actually just be kind of superficial. Real kindness takes effort and usually costs something. God's greatest kindness is seen in his forgiveness. Sandy Bicknell asked me to use this verse in her husband's funeral tomorrow. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. So here we see this link between kindness and forgiveness. They go together. Um, the greater the debt or the hurt, the greater cost it is to forgive. Forgiveness is part of kindness, and kindness is proactive and sacrificial. It takes an effort. It takes thinking. Later on, this kid in the movie says, it's different because you have to watch people more closely, he said, to see where they hurt, and what they need. So kindness has that watchfulness and that proactive, ready to take action. So what's our motivation to be kind? I mean, some of this, I like to look at the Bible, I like to look at these scriptures that just kind of say, there's, um, let these wash over you, because these are telling us kindness is worthwhile. It's worth your effort that you're putting into it. So check out these verses. First, the first motivation is that kindness actually benefits me. Proverbs says a man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Kindness also honors God. Later in Proverbs, it says whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. And God also rewards kindness. Proverbs 19 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they've done. And I like how practical Proverbs is. Later on it says, income from charging high interest rates will end up in the pocket of someone who is kind to the poor. Um, just showing that God's paying attention to these practical ways that we can be kind. One other motivation to be kind is that when we're kind, we look a lot like our Father. We're, we're representing and reflecting and being like God the Father. This passage where Jesus is speaking in Luke, he's trying to get people to think about what real kindness is and what it's not. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. 
Then your reward will be, will be great, and you will be like you, and you will be children of the Most High, uh, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So when we're kind like that, then we're reflecting our Father. But here's the thing. You could, this could be kind of boring because really, most of you out there are going, yeah, I know what kindness is. You know, this is not a newsflash. And kindness is not controversial. If I were to say, you know, do you think we should be kind in our society today? You know, I wouldn't get a big debate going out there. No, no, we shouldn't. Um, but um, I think most of us would, would agree on the importance of kindness. So if we all agree on it, then why is it that I can still miss out on opportunities to be kind? I don't think it's really because I'm mean. Um, I want to know what you think. What do you think are the hindrances? Um, why do you think we miss chances to show kindness? Busyness. Busyness. What else? Why do you miss chances to be kind? I mean, maybe you don't miss any. Unattentiveness. Unattentiveness. Just not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Fear of being drawn in forever. <laughs> Way to be honest, Lynn. Fear of being drawn in forever. Yes. Um, oh, no, it's the black hole of endless need. Yes. Anybody else? Uh, why, why, don't, why aren't you kind sometimes? Yeah, it can just be inconvenient. Um, so we can be, you know, I can be oblivious. I can be self-absorbed. Sometimes I'm just plain tired. But when I wrote, started writing this a couple weeks ago, I wrote, I was thinking about what are my hindrances to being kind. And the one I wrote down was from Laurie. The one I wrote down was I wrote down um, it's because I'm just too busy. Now, here's something that I think is a little crazy from my personal world. I, <laughs> I don't feel like you, it's just too weird that this happened at this time. But so I had that revelation that I'm not kind as often as I want to be because I'm too busy. And this past week, um, an unexpected situation arose at my job uh, where I've been a chaplain for almost nine years at a, at a hospice. And I'm not a rash person, but the, this dissonant situation made me feel like an urgency that I needed to resign. And I did. Uh, just this, <laughs> tomorrow's actually, actually my last day uh, after nine years of being a hospice chaplain. And I, right now it feels really surreal and sad, and, uh, but there's a funny part of me that's wondering, is God making space in my life to have better balance and to have time to be more kind. Weird. So be careful what you ask for. <laughs> um, but you know what? When I have a good balance in my life of, of work and rest and play, when I have that balance, then what I can do is then I can really hear God's Spirit giving me these little kindness impulses all the time. I mean, all the time. I feel like there's this little whisper in my ear saying, here's your chance. Why don't you reach out to this person? Why don't you help this person out? Why don't you pay attention to this person? Um, here's your chance. And the cool thing is, this isn't guilt. This is opportunity. This is saying, you know, here's your chance. Do something kind. So right now, in real time, 
I'm wrestling with how can I arrange my life so that I work enough to pay my bills, but I'm not too busy to pay attention to the nudges from God to be kind. So another question um, you may ask yourself is um, what are some of the ways the Bible tells us we can be kind? The beauty of kindness is that it can be grand or it can be simple. And here, um, as I was looking through the scriptures at, at how we're supposed to be kind, they start out easy and they get harder. The first one is just a kind word. Proverbs 12 says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And then kindness to the needy. Blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. By the way, notice that this is talking about planning something good, not just random, but intentional acts of kindness. Then the next uh, scripture I found was kindness to difficult people. In 2 Timothy, it says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Thankfully, I don't have any of those in my life. Uh, but. Uh, and then the last one, I said it gets harder and harder. Kindness with difficult people. And then the next one is kindness in return for unkindness. Um, 1 Corinthians says, when we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. That's hard. You know, I have some days where um, if you run into me, you'll think, wow, she is the kindest person. Kindness just flows out of her like sugar water. And it's easy, it's not much of an effort. But I have other days um, when I feel like I, I just don't have it in me. I don't have what it takes. I don't have it in me to be kind. Not today. I'm tired, I'm empty. And um, I, I feel like I need someone else to show up in my place and be kind on my behalf, to be kind for me, because I don't have it. Do you ever have days like that? Well, here's where I pop up the top and show you the stars. In Titus, there's a great little verse here. And it says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. So, who is it that appeared? Huh? Jesus is always the right answer. Thank you. When you're in a church, just that's the default, okay? Um, <clears throat> um, now, here's the way you know it's a he is you see the little pronoun where it says, um, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he. So it's talking about a person there. Um, but what's the name given to the one who appeared? What's the actual name given in this passage? Back it up. The kindness and love of God our Savior. That's the name. Actually, the name is the kindness and love of God our Savior. That's the name given to the one that appeared. Now, I've been in church since I was an embryo, and I have never heard anybody list of all the names of God, I've never heard anybody say that one of the names of God 
is kindness. But it is, right here. And I think that's beautiful. That, that it's not talking about he showed kindness, but that he actually embodied kindness. It reminds me of reading Proverbs. When you read Proverbs and you see it talking about wisdom and how wisdom is calling in the streets and you start to realize, wait a minute, wisdom isn't a thing. Wisdom it is a person. And it's the same here, or it's very similar here, I think. Um, kindness appeared and saved us. Well, who is that kindness? I know him. Um, so to me, when I, when I saw this, it's, it grabbed my heart. I thought, that is beautiful. Kindness appeared, and he saved me. And he didn't just save us once. He, he saves us over and over. He does save us from our sins. That's great. But he also saves us from our small hearts. He saves us from when our well has run dry and we have no kindness left to give. He appears as the blazing love, mercy, and kindness of God our Savior. And when kindness shows up, everything changes. When you really encounter kindness at a time when you really need it, everything changes. See, the premise of Trevor's idea and pay it forward is that kindness begets kindness. The scripture says, we love, why? Because he first loved us. Kindness begets kindness, love begets love. The more we see, really see God's kindness to us. Right there. But not just there. So many little places in humor and music, all the ways that, like Peter said at Easter, that Jesus shows up and says, hi. Um, the more we see that kindness, the more it stirs up and wells up kindness within us. And then we spill that kindness over to others. Kindness sort of melts us and melts our heart, and then it spills out of us onto others. In fact, I want you, when you think of kindness, the idea of kindness, I want you to picture this glorious invention. The, the glorious invention of the chocolate fondue waterfall. <laughs> That's kindness. You see, kindness melts down from the top and it, it can't help itself. It just drips gooily over the side. And then it, it's, it can't stay there. It has to keep going and drip gooily down to the next tier. And that's what happens when God pours his kindness on us and then we can't help but it drips off of us. So, and out of us. God's kindness is irresistible. He doesn't show kindness because he has to, because it's what's expected of him. It's the right thing to do. In fact, in Jeremiah, he says, I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for in these, mm, 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 I delight. God's kindness is everywhere. Things we don't even expect around us. Things we take for granted. Listen to Acts 14. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. All those are kindness. The rain and the crops, the food and the joy. That's again and again God's kindness. It's God's kindness that makes us want to turn from our sin and do things his way instead of our way. There's an interesting passage in where Paul writes in the Romans, he sort of writes, 
he, with questions. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? The way I learned it growing up was, it says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not fear or obligation that makes us want to change because I have to get in line and follow the Lord. It's his kindness that touches my heart and makes us eager to follow and to please him. So if we go back to our passage, my, my little uh, stars in the sky kind of passage in Titus, we'll see this rippling of God's plan. In fact, I'd love for you to get this in your mouths as well as your eyes and ears. <clears throat> so if you would read this aloud with me, um, please. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And I want to stress to you these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. So, first we see God's kindness appearing in Christ Jesus. This kindness saves us, not because of the good things we've done, but because of his mercy. But his kindness doesn't simply cleanse us from sin, it irreversibly affects us. It changes our hearts. Now, all of a sudden, my instinct is that I want to show kindness. God's kindness stirs us so that we want to devote ourselves to doing what is good and kind. It's just this thing that happens. It's the waterfall. It's the chocolate fondue waterfall. Now, all of this is really beautiful in theory as you see what kindness is and how our hearts can be filled with that kindness, how we go to the source of kindness and it's poured out on us. It's beautiful in theory, but it's way better in practice. It's a great car, you know, but how does it ride? So around here recently at the church, we've started to restructure our mission strategy at the church dividing into local outreach and then non-local and global mission as well. Still doing both, but kind of doing, you know, changing things up a little bit. And I was asked to start overseeing local outreach. So I thought, oh my, this is perfect. It's my year of kindness. I can do local outreach. Um, so the idea though that I have for local outreach is, um, I want you to think about kindness in two different ways. One way is individually, like the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan is awesome, you know, great story, and what he does is he shows kindness to somebody that happens to be along his path. Um, it's instantaneous, it's, uh, it's random, I mean spontaneous, um, and it's individual. So yay, keep doing that. Everybody, all, all of us should show those individual acts of kindness. But there's another thing that we could do as well as a community. We could do intentional acts of community kindness. And um, I thought, you know, I, I don't want to think of all the ideas. I would rather use your ideas, the things that come up in your hearts and your experiences, things that come up where you think, ooh, we could get a few of us to gather from the church and appear as the kindness of God and just say, we're gonna go do this together, and just appear as the kindness of God. And um, I love that 
picture. And I mean, just to give you an idea, I'm not looking for just a list from a, from a humanitarian page um, in a magazine of, you know, you could do this, 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 and this. I'm talking things that mean something to us. For instance, <clears throat> Jill Howard approached me um, about a 5K to raise money to fight brain tumors. Now, she was passionate about this because she had a brain tumor a few years ago. I'm sorry to say I actually couldn't go to it because it was this morning and I didn't think, I mean yesterday morning, and I didn't think that I could be organized enough um, to handle that and this. But I did promote it in the S News and the E News, and, and if she does another one, I'll try to go then. Um, Stephen Hahn, uh, he, he is going to be in a play this summer for Family. Family, if you're not familiar with them, is a disability advocacy, advocacy acting group. I've been to a lot of their theater productions, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if a group of us from this community did some community kindness together, and we went together to support Stephen, but also to support that group as a whole, and to just show up and appear as the kindness of God in real life in action, to, to put the car into drive, and to, to do something, to put this into action. So um, I deliberately chose to not have you greet everybody during this service, if you notice that. Some of you are going, structure, structure, structure. She broke the structure. Um, but, um, but I left time deliberately at the end of the service because what I'm going to invite you to do is um, to come together in little groups and talk about ways that we could drive that car. That we, could do, that we could think of community kindness opportunities um, that we could do uh, together. You all should have gotten a little note card. What I'd like you to do with this note card when you get it, it won't be just for a little bit, is, um, is to, on the note card, put a few specific things, um, it, or one, one little nugget of an idea, something that matters to you, an idea, but not just a general idea, something specific. Put your name, your phone number, how I can reach you, how we can talk about it. Maybe you'll think of something when you brainstorm with your little group, but maybe you'll think of something two months from now, and you can always contact me. My, my name and information is always on the back of your um, S News. So to me, this, this gets exciting when we do it together instead of because we don't want to be a church that just is all talk, right? We want to do things that are action. So we're going to get ready to receive communion and worship, and then we'll, we'll um, come together and brainstorm. And to me, the best way to get excited about going out there and showing kindness is to, is to behold, to really quiet down and behold the ultimate kindness right here. Um, and this is it. This is the ultimate kindness. When the kindness of God our Savior, the love and kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. That's what he does. And um, through his broken body and his shed blood, he saves us. That's kindness. Um, so this kindness is for you and this kindness is for me. Um, when you come forward, um, you can break off a little piece of the bread dip it in the brown, the dark cups are wine, the light cups are juice, um, and receive the kindness of God for you. Would you pray with me?
Lord, nothing compares to this. This is always the grand finale. This is always the, the climax of, of everything is to come back and say, this is what you've done. You appeared and everything changed. Thank you for the kindness that we see in Christ and the sacrifice that he made. We pray that that kindness would sink in deeply to us and then flow out of us. Through Jesus, amen. So John writes, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So um, as you're greeting uh, together uh, at the end of the service today, I'm going to have you uh, connect with people around you or invite you to um, and brainstorm and see if you can think of an idea for community kindness that we could do in the next few months. Um, write it on a little card. You could leave it up at the Connect Center, give it to me, wherever you want. Um, but then also, if any of you want to continue this conversation, um, there's a group of us uh, from first Sunday out that are going to Alibaba's um, for lunch, and I'll be there. Um, and I'm going to actually come out in the lobby and see if anybody wants to carpool and head over there. It's about a mile and a half away, not, not far. Um, but we could continue our conversations about community kindness there as well. Just pretend now, as I'm releasing you um, to your little groups, um, that I'm writing on a chalkboard and I'm putting, think of an idea to change the world. Put it into action. Amen. <laughs>